Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I have uh, an amazing friend who's been my friend for about a decade now, who we met at Jeannie Mayo's Cadre in Atlanta, and we have been friends ever since, best friends. He spoke at our youth ministry. He spoke at our, uh, in this church before. He's no stranger to this church. Uh, we've got to spend the last few days with him and now his uh, brand new baby girls. He's got three boys and now two little girls, and they are as precious as can be, even though they won't let me hold them yet. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Sandra can hold any baby. All the babies love Sandra. Uh, but they are absolutely some of the cutest and amazing kids. And they're, I'm telling you, Aaron could not have done better when he chased down and tracked down Karen and wouldn't let her get away. Uh, she's been a great, wonderful spouse. She's sitting in the back because she does have the little one with her. Uh, but we're glad to have her as well. Uh, Aaron is just about finished with his doctorate. Uh, as he's been working on getting his doctorate together, he is a uh, working as the director of uh, power. I want to say power company. There he goes. I'm so used to Metro Ministries. It's going to take me forever. Uh, power company and just an amazing man of God preacher. So please welcome my friend, Pastor Aaron Robinson, as he speaks for us today. You don't, you don't whisper, don't embarrass me before I get a microphone, because then I have to tell them about our golf outing. And, uh, uh, let's just say, I have no relation to Tiger Woods. Uh, <laughs> um, we should start this very spiritual. This is the Sunday after Easter, so we got to start. Let's pray. <laughs> no, we're going to wait before we do that. We're going to wait before we do that. Everyone's bowing your heads and... I was going to have you stand. I don't know, Brian, I just, it feels so good to be here. It, it does. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you, it, it feels good to be here, not just to be here because I'm here with my best friend, my big brother, and, and my nieces and nephews and my sisters. The, these, the Herrings are our family, and the Robinsons are our family. Well, we found out our first time coming down here, what was it, seven, eight years ago or something like that? And uh, here, here's our introduction to the Robinsons. Jen, I'm just going to throw it out there. We were sitting in McDonald's one night, and she grabs my shake and goes for it like she's going to start drinking it. And at that moment, now, this is my first time meeting any of you besides Brian, and I said, this church is weird. <laughs> and, then she, and then she said, well, we're Robinson, so I thought we were family. It was just the greatest introduction. Um, but listen, on the way down here, and we are, we are going to pray, and we're going to turn to Scripture, but... Um, it's interesting, I was thinking about, as we were heading down here, thinking about how different this moment is for me. Usually when I'm here, it's on the back end of spending time with the young people for a week. It's on the back end of, you know, out there in the sticks and, 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 and riding around on four-wheeler. Well, no, the kids didn't ride around on them. I did because I don't run around in the woods. But uh, so... <laughs> I mean, but we're having fun with the, with the teenagers. We're hanging out. And then, so usually Sunday morning is the apex of that week together. This is how we cap the well. 
but this time is different. And, and generally, when we drive down here, it's a, just a very casual drive. We're just, you know, we stop for gas, we stop for food, we stop around in stores. And we generally don't see anyone in a mask. I mean, it's just the, the world is open. And so, so then you start to come down here, and it's like, man, so much has changed since the last that we were here in 2019. And, and, and I think that the, that the word has to be a little bit different. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking God, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? And, and, and really thinking about this, if you made your way out to, to, to worship with us today, if you've rearranged your schedule to log on today and watch online, then I, my selfish prayer to God this morning was that he would speak to you, every last one of you. And Pastor Brian knows this because this is most of his life has been given to this work. That's not an easy task. You know, so, sometimes we're taught in, in our preaching classes that we're supposed to target a demographic. How, how many preachers are, are in the room? I know there, there, there's some that, that you, you stood before and you've preached, and they, they tell you, think about who, who you're preaching to. Are you preaching to the 35-year-old male, or the, are you preaching to the single mom? Are you preach, and, 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 and no matter how you fill that category in, my answer to God was yes. Are you preaching this morning to the backslider? Yes. Are you preaching to the one that stumbled in that's searching? Yes. So, God, would you give a word to all of those? Are you preaching to the youth? Absolutely. We didn't have camp or retreat this weekend, but I'm preaching to any young people that are in our room today. And as I was praying and driving, I couldn't pray with my eyes closed because that could have gotten bad, but it didn't look very spiritual when I was. And, um, there was a taco song playing as I was praying, so I, it didn't sound spiritual either. Uh, I found this particular trip driving down that uh, children uh, definitely do control the playlist early. And so my daughter from the backseat, Daddy, I want to hear Gummy Bear. Daddy, I want to move it, move it. So I didn't get to have the worship time that I wanted in the car. But I was reminded of this scripture as I was driving, and so... I want to read this to you, and, and I, I want to read it out of the, the New King James Version, but it simply says this in chapter 3. It says, to everything, there is a season. To everything, there's a season. There's a time for every purpose under heaven, which means every single moment of our breathing, there's a reason. But not only is there a reason, but there's this, this word that the New King James uses, there's a season. It says there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal, to break down and to build up, to weep, to laugh, to mourn, to dance, to cast away stones, and there's even a time to go around and picking them up. I bet you didn't know that social distancing was not a 21st century concept, that actually the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 5, says that there's a time to embrace and there's a time to step back six feet. <laughs> there's a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and to throw away, 
to tear and to sow, to keep silence, to speak, to love, to hate, to war, and there's a time of peace. Everything, there's a season. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. I want you to fast forward your Bibles to the New Testament. We're going to land and we're going to spend our time there. In 1 Peter chapter 1, just look at verse 6 and 7 with me together. Peter says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though for now, for a little while, or for a season, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by a fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to share with you a word that I believe that the Lord has impressed on my heart. For some, it may be a word of encouragement. For some, it may be a word that's a reminder. And for some, this might even be a word that's a, word that's a little bit of a warning. But this morning, I want to share with you, I want to remind you that this is just a season. Somebody say season. This is just a season. And I want to remind you that seasons change. This is just a season. Say it with me again. Say season. season. And seasons change. Now, that could be encouraging for some of you. Because some of you are in this place this morning and you're in a season. That may just be a reminder for some of you this morning because you know this is just a season. But for some of you, this might be a little rebuke that in this time of relaxation and, and now this time of peace and, and, and seemed security, it may be a reminder this is just a season. Somebody say season. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you, God, that Lord, we may live our lives through seasons, God, and seasons do indeed change, but we thank you this morning that you are an unchanging God. Though our seasons will change, Lord, you do not, and for this we give you thanks. We thank you for your immutability, God. Lord, this morning, will you, the unchanging God, give us direction, give us encouragement, if necessary, give us rebuke in our ever-changing seasons, and Lord, now do this through your unchanging word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It might be helpful to take a second to define season. Because I, I'm from Michigan. And we don't do seasons like everyone else does seasons. I, Arkansas has some, some bad weather experiences this year. Or, or was it this year or last year? It was a little bit of both. It was some, you had some bad weather experiences. I, I don't, and I know that, this, that when, you, when you start getting down to south, and we, we have farmers up in Michigan, but there are probably more farmers here in the south than, than there are in Michigan. And, and so if, if your vocation is found in agriculture or farming with, with animals, then you're probably privy to paying attention to seasons. You know when it's time to plant. You know when it's time to to reap the harvest. I'm a city boy. And would it not be for that beautiful brown-eyed lady in the back row 
I would be messed up sometimes leaving the house because I don't pay attention to the seasons. Because in Michigan, we can't really set our, our, our clock by it and say, oh, April such and such, that's officially spring. Not in Michigan. Because you will spring yourself into a snowstorm in the middle of it. I mean, it just happens. So sometimes I'll just, I have to ask my wife, babe, I mean, as if I can't pick up a, a, a computer, a cell phone. Babe, what's the weather like tomorrow? 65 degrees, Aaron. Babe, does that mean I can wear a t-shirt? I mean, I don't even know what 65 degrees is. I don't. Listen, my wife is my saving grace. I will run out and catch pneumonia in a second. But in this, in this new season, I mean, in this, in this 21st century, we've got so accustomed to asking Siri and Alexa stuff like, hey, Siri, when does spring start? Alexa, when is summer? And then uh, people's phones might be going off, right? Spring <laughs> But we ask these questions, and because this is what technology does for us, and even if you open up your phone right now and looked at your calendar, it, depending on the settings that you have on your calendar, it may even tell you this is the first day of spring, this is the first day of summer, this is the first day of fall, and this is the winter. But we know that in reality, seasons don't work like that. A season is that undetermined, undefined time that you are living in a set of circumstances that are distinctly different than the next. If you're, if you're here this morning and you're a mom, you understand seasons. You, for, for, for us dads, we understand this. There's pregnancy and then there's the baby. So we understand a few more things. There's pregnancy and then there's the baby. For, for the ladies, you understand things like this is trimester one. Because there's some different things going on there. This is two, this is three. You definitely understand the difference in I was, I was carrying the, the child now and now, now I'm not. They're distinctly different seasons. When you're a student, you remember the difference in I was in elementary school, middle school got a little different, and now in high school, this is certainly different, and then we go on to college and our worlds change. The season, and seasons change. Those of you that begin to walk in relationship with someone, you understand that, hey, when we first met, I mean, listen, Wives, how many times have you had to remind your husband, wait a second, when we were dating, didn't you always open my door? Husbands, you better find yourself back in that season. Listen, seasons change. And we find that in Ecclesiastes that they change. Here's the problem. Some of us, we don't change with the season. Now, understand what I'm saying. There's a degree of stability that ought to be in our lives. That with each change of the season, there's certain things that ought to be consistent in my life. I should be, from this point forward, consistently acting as a husband and a, as a, and a father. Because the Lord has given me a wife and he's given me children. But even in being a husband and being a father, seasons are going to change. But the problem, there's a problem, though, if in 22 years now of marriage, I'm still acting like Aaron 22 years ago. 
I'm still husband. I still have on my ring, but I'm acting like this 20-year-old. If I'm still treating my 20-year-old son as the son that, I get, that my wife gave birth to in early 2000, there's a problem. And the problem is when it comes to seasons, we don't change. We don't move forward in our seasons. That seasons may go from season one to season two, season three, and we stay the same all the way through. Now, that's good if you're a family sitcom. You ever watched a show and fell in love with the show and the season changed and you say, who is this? What is she doing in this scene? Now, I don't know if this is just a city show, but any Fresh Prince of Bel-Air watchers in here, anybody? Okay, okay. But now, some of you may have came late to the party. Some of you probably didn't start in season one like I did. And then all of a sudden, season two come up, and I say, this is not the wife? What, ha what happened? I mean, and it's not even like there's a subtle change. I mean, they're all together, switched her out. My wife and I, we fell in love with this little family show on Netflix or something, and there was the cutest little girl on the show. We watched it because of her. She was our favorite little character. She was just a little, tiny, little seven-year-old girl. She walks in all happy. And Second season came on, and we could not wait. And then this, I mean, this girl was this little, and she's so, you know, they have this five-foot-eight girl coming in the scene trying to play her. You can't just change a character like that. See, the problem is in life, when we go through our seasons, we try to stay the same person that we walked into. So I'm going to, I, I want to I ask you for a second, what season are you in? What, what season are you in right now? Because let me just tell you something, everyone in this place, you're in a season. We read the book of Ecclesiastes, or we read chapter 3, that tells us there's a season for everything. If you're here today and you're an entrepreneur and business is going well, somebody say season. If you're here right now and you're struggling financially, someone say season. If you're here right now and there are things going on in your family and things are just disrupted, say season. It's a season. But seasons change. And if, if, if you're convinced at what I, that what I'm saying is true, if you're convinced that every moment of your life is a season, the high moments, the low moments, the, 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 the apathetic moments where you just feel like I'm just existing right now, even those moments where it feels like everything is just on pause, that's probably what 2020 looked like for a lot of us. Even in those moments... It's a season. And if you're convinced that it's a season, and you're convinced that seasons change, but I want to just take a few minutes this morning to encourage you to, to be able to take in all that God has for you in this season and go on and mature to the next. There's some very clear instruction found in one simple verse. If you're still in 1 Peter chapter 1. You're still there in 1 Peter chapter 1. I want you to turn to verse 13 and just look at this. And this is where we're going to land this morning. 
I just want to help you grow through your season. I want to help you bring God glory in this season. Whatever season you're in. You, you may be here to, this morning and you did not, you didn't need an encouraging word to lift you up out of your season because you came in here already on a cloud. I, I wouldn't check out. Because even in our seasons of rejoicing, sometimes we need to be reminded that it's just a season. But you may be in here and you just barely made it in on the boat of despair. I want to lift your spirits up this morning and remind you it's just a season. So, Aaron, how, how do I navigate through this season? How, how do I, in the season that I'm in, how do I bring God glory? How do I mature in my faith right now in this season? I don't know your season, but I guarantee you this works. I don't know the details and the intricacies of what you're going through, of what's keeping you awake at night. I don't know what you're sitting down and writing in a, in, in a journal, but I know this. I know that we're all in a season. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, he says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Or the King James version from a King James folks in here, gird the loins of your mind. Now that's some weird language, but I like it. Keep sober in spirit or practice self-control and fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you don't mind, I'm going to just break this, this passage up into the three instructions that he gives us. First and foremost is this, prepare your minds for action. I wrote down in my journal because the, the thing I thought about this is, is according to who Peter is talking to here. He's talking to the believers that are scattered abroad, people who have put their faith in Jesus. And he says to these believers, these redeemed people, prepare your minds for action. In other words, you can be redeemed but not ready. You can have put your hope and faith in God, but then you're just stuck right there. So this, this morning, Harrison Faith, I'll ask you, where is your head? What, what's, what's going on up here? Because here's the reality. Seasons can be very distractive things. Pastor Brian and I have had conversations about this. As pastors, now Pastor Brian, he pastors a local church. I pastor a missionary organization reaching children in the inner cities of Michigan. And soon we'll be in the inner cities of America. And in the season that we found ourselves in last year, Pastor Brian will tell you, it was difficult not to look at the church next door and the church across the street. And the, because everybody's online now, it was difficult not to turn on the, the internet and see the, the pastor on the other side of the country to see what they're doing. Because in our season, we're just trying to navigate. I'm looking online at different children's outreach ministries and seeing, okay, is, is anyone able to meet and do, how can we do ministry outdoors? How can we do ministry indoors? Is, what are the protocols? Man, look what they get to do. There were other ministries that were like ours that just said, hey, listen, you know what? We're going to believe in Jesus. We're not going to do any of this stuff. All the kids keep, and I'm just, oh, it'll be so nice if we can just. 
No matter what your season is, it's so easy to get distracted about that season and begin to look and compare it to other seasons. And look at other people in their season. Man, how come my marriage doesn't look like that? How come my kids aren't doing that? Man, how come my job, how come I'm not getting this? I mean, all of these things that we're going through. So Peter says, stop getting distracted and look around and fix your mind for action. But this, this is not some daydreaming mental escapism. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. This is an instruction. And in this instruction, there is an implied expectancy of action. But an immediate readiness. It means that you begin to sit. In, in fact, the reason why I love when the King James says, gird up the loins of your mind, is because what this word really means. I mean, you've seen the, 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 the robes and the, and, the, and the longer garments that they would wear in uh, in, in scripture, the, 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 in ancient times, you can't run with that. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't really get down when you're wearing a gown, okay? So, so when they say would gird up your loins, when they were talking about girding up, it meant to take a belt and literally kind of fasten up your clothes so that you can actually move swifter, so that you can be more efficient in your movement. So when he's saying gird the loins of your mind, he's saying what loose thinking right now has you stuck in the season that you're in? The problem is the reason why we're not maturing from season to season is because this, in the season that we are in, we're not doing, as Paul instructed us to do, taking captive thoughts. We're letting thoughts just kind of hang on to us all loosely, and we're trying to move into the next season, but we're not moving fast. And by the time we're in season eight, we've only got maturity of season three. So how, how, do I, how do I gird the loins of my mind? How do, I, how do I prepare my mind for action? Simply, here's a couple questions for you. If God brought you through this, what would need to change? Think about the situation that you're in right now, those of you that are in a rough season. If God brought you through what you're going through right now and he moved you into the next season, what would need to change? Who do I need to get rid of? What do I need to turn off? What memberships need to get canceled? What habits need to change? What disciplines do I need to begin to pick up? If God brought you into the next season, what needs to change? Oh, but Pastor Aaron, listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm, I'm doing really good right now. God's been blessing. So here's my question for you. It's just a season. Somebody say season. Seasons change. If God did not sustain you in this season, what would you need to do differently? My wife and I, <clears throat> some 15 or so years ago, we were in one of the darkest financial seasons of our lives. I'm, I'm talking, we're sitting down and the loan person comes and knocks on the door, we may be losing the house. I'm, I'm, God, I'm doing your work. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in ministry. You, you, can't, you can't 
you can't fund your servant, Lord? This is it. This is the end. And in that dark season, we had to watch everything. We were budgeting. You, you know, we're not getting the special ice cream. We're, you know, we're getting the, 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 the great value. That, that's, you know, the Walmart. I mean, it was, it was, matter of fact, I don't even know if we ate ice cream. You know, we just put milk in the freezer and hoped, you know, stir some sugar in it or something. I don't know. But it was a season. And that season changed. And then God blessed. And then I began to operate my own business, and God began to flourish our family through, through, through the business. And I, and I got to a certain point, and, and the Lord had to remind me, because at that, when the business started growing, we were getting top-shelf ice cream, right? Give me some of the good stuff, the hand-churned. But in that season, God had to remind me, you don't know how long this is left. Remember when Joseph had to... Had to uh, uh, tell Pharaoh, hey, I know what that dream meant. <laughs> Is you're going to be happy for seven years, but Doc, I'd hold on to some of that. I, I put, I, I'd be saving. Don't, don't y'all just go throwing parties because you're in this seven years of plenty. Because you're going to see some hungry cows after this, Pharaoh. <clears throat> Seasons change. Here's the deal. Move to this next thing. Because I, I think you understand. Prepare your mind for action. Where you are right now is a, is a season, and seasons change. So in, how do I bring God glory in this, in this season right now? The way that I bring God glory in this season is to recognize that this is but a season, and God is going to take me to a different place, and Lord, what do I need to How do I prepare now for what you're taking me into? And here comes the hard part, to keep sober in spirit or to exercise self-control. And depending on the season that you're in, this could be the most difficult thing. Depending on the season that you're in, this could be the most difficult thing. Because it's hard sometimes to exercise self-control when your mind is on a season that you've not yet entered into. Listen, if you've been engaged before, you know what I mean. When, when, you're, when, you're, when you're dating, you're trying to honor God in your relationship, and now there's a ring on the finger... And you're like, man, if this date don't hurry up and get here, this you, man, it's hard to have your mind set on a season that's to come and, act, and practice self-control right now. Don't believe me. Go back to the book of, uh, of, of Genesis and, and look, read through Exodus, and, and you'll begin to see this man named Moses who has a mind ready to deliver, but he, does, he can't practice self-control when he sees one of his fellow brothers being whipped. Ask Abraham who has a mindset because God has given him a word. He knows I'm going to be the father of nations, but I cannot control myself and wait until Sarah has her season. Or a king Saul who, who says, listen, I want to hear from God. I want to hear God's mind for this. But instead of waiting for the man of God as it was custom to do, bring the ephod. I'll go ahead and prophesy for myself. But these are, these are low seasons. Listen, I told you, it doesn't matter if you're in a high season or a low season. We're all in a season. You could be in a season of celebration and it'd be difficult to practice self-control. Ask King David and a young man named Uzzah. As King David is now king and he says, for too long the ark has been away. We're going to go down and get it. And if you read, it says they were walking and there was a procession. They were walking. It was like 
it, it was a concert in the streets, a parade. Greater than Macy's could ever put on. I don't know if you'll have Macy's Day Parade. That's a Detroit thing, maybe. I don't know. But it's a parade going down the street. And everyone's singing and dancing and worshiping. Oh, we are on cloud nine. The ark is coming home. And David is so consumed with this great season that he's in, and he's looking forward to what's on the horizon, that he doesn't practice self-control and say, wait a second, the ox can carry whatever y'all need the ox to carry, but I need you men of God to put the ark on some poles and carry it on your shoulders because that's what the law says we do. But he's too caught up in the excitement, so there's no self-control. But then there's a young man named Uzzah who's walking alongside the ark. I'm walking with the ark. We're coming home. And the thing starts to shake, and he says, whoa, whoa. And in the middle of this exciting worship parade of the ark coming home, here's a young man who throws caution to the wind and says, I'm going to reach out and touch this thing that God declared holy that my hand was never supposed to touch. And God strikes him, and he dies. Why? Because our seasons... Sometimes we just get so caught up in the season that we don't remember that the God that's given us a mind for the season to come, he's expecting stewardship and discipline in the season that we're in. God doesn't want to leave you in a place where you feel despair and abandonment, but he wants stewardship in that season. And even when God brings you to a season of rejoicing and triumph, he wants stewardship. In that season, we, can become, we can't become so immersed in the season that we're in now or the thoughts that we have for the season to come that we neglect stewardship. As the worship team comes, I'm going to give you this last point. Prepare your mind for action. Be sober in spirit. And here's the kicker. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. No matter what season we're in, we all have a longing. How many in this room this morning, you just, you know, you know what season that you're in right now. You, you know, it could be a good, come on, if you're, if, raise your hand, if you, if you know the season. I, I'm in a season, it could be a good season, it could be a bad season, but I, I, I understand the season that I'm in. I guarantee you that even in knowing that we're in a season, there's something that the heart desires. If you're in a low season, your heart is desiring, Lord, get me out of this. Financial season, Lord, would you provide? Relational seasons, Lord, can you fix this? Occupational season, Lord, can you get me into a better situation than this? As pastors in the ministry, we're, we're in a season and say, Lord, when are you going to open things up so that we can, we can worship the way that we're used to worship? We can do all of them. And thank God that you're in a place now where God is beginning to open things up now that you can do ministry effectively, but we're all in a season. But oftentimes... When we're in our seasons, our hope is set on our own satisfaction. What I want, what I need. Or at best, our hope is set on God's glory and. 
I want a better job, and, 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 I, and I, want, I want God to get the, get the glory out of this season when I'm in my better job. I, I want God to use me in this new position that he's going to put me in. But what if that's not his desire? See, we, we, we like to say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me in this capacity. It's putting these restraints and these these borders up for God that says, Lord, this is what bringing you glory means. But what we have to understand is that hope and perseverance work side by side. The greater our hope, the greater our perseverance. The greater our hope, the greater the, the discipline that we have in the seasons that we're in. For many of us, our hope is stuck in the next episode. And God's trying to bring us to a whole nother season. If I could just get here and God says, no, but here's not where I want you. I ultimately want you here. And we keep attaching the glory of God to this thing that we've defined. Versus just saying, Lord, I set my hope on you. Why is it important that we set our hope why does it say fix your hope completely? Completely. Don't, don't parse it out, but fix it completely on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Simply because this. When we fix our hope on that season, we all will understand that this is not the finale. You, you ever got caught up in a show and that next season, and, and, this, and this, the way that that last episode you went off, you, I know they're coming out with another season after this. And then you find yourself three months later Googling, are they coming out with another season after this? And then you get that one thread that just breaks your heart. Yeah, there wasn't the budget for another season. Yeah, this actor or this actress wanted too much. And you're like, man, but this was such a great show. But see, when we fix our hope on the, revel on the grace of the revelation of Jesus Christ, when we fix our hope there, it lets us know that this season is not the end story. And as you stand to your feet with me, I want to I wanna encourage you then in one final reading of Scripture to show you the beauty of this hope. Paul talks about how beneficial it is when we, when we fix our hope on Jesus this way. He says, for in hope we have been saved in Romans chapter 8. He says, in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. It'd be nice if we can put the ending of our season on a calendar and say, yeah, this is something that I'm only going through until this particular time. And then God's going to bring me into this. But sometimes our seasons have no date. No time stamp. We just know I'm going through this right now. So we set our hope in him. And he says, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we eagerly wait for it. In the same way, the Spirit helps in our weakness. In other words, I know setting our hope completely on Christ could be a difficult thing, but the Spirit helps us in this. He says, for we do not know how to even pray in these seasons as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now you heard this scripture time and time again, but now let's put this thing in context. Now let's put this scripture in context of your season because then we get to verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. What I'm telling you this morning is this. I don't know what season that you're in, but it's a season. And seasons change. You may say, you know what, Pastor, I'm good right now. And it's okay, but I want you to recognize that this good time is a season. And he hasn't returned yet. And he hasn't called you to him yet, which means that this season will change. The grand finale is not you in a new relationship. The grand finale is not you in a new job. The grand finale is not you coming through this circumstance or this trial. The grand finale is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And whether that be he comes and raptures his bride or he takes you home at night, the reality is simply this. Until you see Jesus face to face, it's just a season. And seasons change. But in the midst of that season, if we can prepare our minds for action, and no matter what's going on around us, if we can practice self-control, God, this is difficult, but I'm gonna wait for you. God, this is difficult, but I'll be steadfast in this thing. And in the midst of all of that, our finish line is not a better job. Our finish line is not a better relationship. Listen, you can, find, you can say, you know what? To change my season, I'm looking for a different church. You're not going to find it. Right now, where you are, you bring your doubts into this season. You bring your fears into this season. You bring your worries into this season. And just simply say, God, I want you to get glory in this thing. So I set my hope on you. I set my hope on you. Being assured of this one thing, we know that God causes, I know he says all things, but I want to just help you forward a little bit. God causes all seasons to work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. I know our prayer team has been up here this morning already, but I'm going to invite our prayer team back up this morning. And you may be in this place and you're stuck in a season. You may be in this place right now and you're finding great difficulty in fixing your thoughts, preparing your thoughts for actions. You may be in this place today and you say, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't even think of moving. And so maybe you want someone to help you this morning. Can, can, can you pray with me because my thinking is paralyzing me right now? Maybe you're in a place right now where you have a glimpse of the season on the horizon, but you're struggling with self-control. Would you, would, you, would you pray with me this morning because I, I'm, I'm struggling to be patient and wait on God. I'm, I'm spending when I shouldn't be spending. I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing. I'm with the person. Whatever your self-control issue is, may, would you pray with me to be sober-minded? 
And then maybe you're in this place and you say, I can't see far enough. I, I keep, my, my hope just keeps landing one yard, three yards, ten yards in front, but I can't see the end zone. Would, would you pray with me that God give me a greater hope? Listen, I'm going to pray, and then as we pray, the worship team is going to sing. And if you want prayer, if you want to, and maybe you may say, listen, Doc, I appreciate what you preached on this morning, but, but the Lord was speaking something totally different to me. This morning, we just want to say, this, the altars are open. If you want to just come down and pray and say, Lord, in this season, you get the glory. I'm going to pray for you, and then the worship team is going to come. Father, Lord, I pray for this body of believers this morning. Lord, even those that are at home and they're, they're not able to even come to an altar, they're watching at home, Lord, and they're in a season. And they've been asking questions in their season. They've been wrestling with things in their season. God, it's just a season. And Lord, even those seasons change, the reason why we put our hope on you is because you are a God who never changes. So God, our hope is fixed completely on you this morning, God. And Father, thank you for the assurance and the promises that, Lord God, even our seasons, you will cause every seasons to work together for our good. Father, we thank you for that assurance this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want prayer, can you come to the altar? The worship team is going to lead us, and then they're going to come back this morning and close us out.